Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. The zombie outbreak is well underway, as the dead walk the earth once again. Frank West arrives at the most infested part of town, determined to get to the bottom of events and uncover who caused this and why. Ducking into what used to be a big box toy store, Frank checks every aisle for signs of the undead and finds none. This building must be mostly clear, but what is that sound he keeps hearing? Following the out-of-place noises to a stack of good guys' dolls, he finds the trail goes dead. And then with a snort, Chucky the killer doll lunges from the boxes with a kitchen knife. Frank dodges out of the way and stares down his pint-sized foe. <laughs> You're gonna regret coming here tonight, chump! Chucky sneers. Frank takes a quick snapshot and just mutters, I either need more beer or less beer, or the same amount of beer, for this. And he prepares himself for one heck of a fight. It's my buddy versus paparazzi. It's Charles Lee Ray versus Willamette's hero. It's Chucky versus Frank West. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comics, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gabsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Ray Stacanus. It's our fourth match of Shocktober, and we have another crazy matchup that somehow works when you put it on paper. In one corner, you have Chucky, a malevolent, wisecracking doll possessed by the soul of a serial killer, versus Frank West, a fearless freelance photojournalist who finds finds himself battling hordes of zombies. As usual, I did the patent who would win Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed and not one instance of anyone ever having discussed this battle appeared on ChatGPT, Bard, a Google search of my own, AI doing its thing. No one's ever talked about this matchup. So yet again, the Who Would Win team brings you a premier, never-before-discussed geek culture battle. And you're welcome, Legion of Audience. Ray, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? I couldn't be more excited to get another video game character on the show. We're going to do two for Shocktober at least this month. And Frank West, I've been trying, you know this, James, I've been trying to get Frank West on the show and he just keeps getting pushed back and pushed back and then Shocktober's over. And then we go next year and I say, we got to go Frank West. Then he gets pushed back and pushed back. So when we were looking for an opponent for a much more current Chucky and we needed somebody who was roughly human without necessarily superpowers per se, the best we got was finally Frank West. So I got him on the show and I, I'm thrilled for it. And let's face it, the Chucky movies, they just keep getting weirder and weirder. They go from like the first three being standard horror movies that are a little silly to very, very silly movie with horror elements to them. And, and that's where we are right now. And there's a new TV show that just came out. So uh, I guess it's been out a little bit, but you know, I'm ready for both of these characters. Chucky is in a redemption match. Frank West is in a prove it match. 
Here we go. This is Shocktober, ladies and gentlemen. Look, here's the problem. You know, when you take a name of a character like Frank West, and I'm not, you may, this may be a surprise, I'm not as up to date and as current in my gaming knowledge as I am with my other, you know, cartoon, animation, and comic book knowledge. So when you said Frank West, I know at least three people named Frank West. And all serious, and so I'm like, why would he want to? I thought you didn't want to use real people in a battle. And then, luckily, this time around, you said no. He's a video game character. This all makes lots of sense. Now, Ray, here's the thing: a lot of our listeners have actually been reaching out over the past few months, and a certain question's been popping up a lot, which is, you know, how do you and I, as geek culture enthusiasts, because you know, you're, you're as much as you're a psychopath and deranged, which you are, you're actually a great dad as well, and a geek culture enthusiast if I've ever known one. How do you and I, as dads, kind of pass down our love of geek culture onto our kids? Ray, how do you do that with yours? I, I can't assume what you do in your particular world, but as far as I'm concerned, I just encourage it. My whole attitude has just been, uh, I think I follow a lot of my dad's footsteps. He was a geek culture enthusiast. He was He played Dungeons and Dragons back when it was new. You know, and he just used to leave the stuff, you know, just in, in view where I could find it on my own or slow, you know, slowly introduce me to something without overwhelming me with it, which is pretty much what got me on this path of living my whole life working in the games industries of different types, as well as being a fan of all the, you know, the comedy, the sci-fi and all the other stuff. So I say just uh, for me, I try to present it, say, if you're into it, great. If you're not into it, I'm not going to force it on you because nothing will make a kid reject something faster than having it like kind of forced on them at a young age. So I'm, you know, uh, hey, I would love it if you would watch this episode of G.I. Joe, but you don't have to. Hey, do you want to, uh, Star Wars is on the TV. I'm going to put it on, take it or leave it. And that's sort of where I'm at with everything. I, I encourage it, but I don't go too hard with it. That is completely not the answer I thought you were going to give. Uh, I'm actually quite the opposite. I'm way more direct. Look, I like to cosplay with the kids because that's just a fun thing to do. I'll dress up, you know, as some random character I might choose. Let's call him Batman. And I'll have my kids dress up as their favorite Robin. And then we'll pretend my car is the Batmobile. We'll go for a drive. We'll beat up some drug dealers or hooligans or what have you. You know, usual dad stuff. But I think I you, you got to take a different approach where you got to really be more direct and say either you're going to watch Star Wars or no dinner, right? It's the same thing, the same approach. Either you watch the Detroit Lions play football on TV, right? Because they need more fans, or we're not wow. going, you know, there's some punishment that happens. I'm just saying, if you're going to be a parent and Come you're going to get your kids involved, you got to be very direct. Look, the punishment this is, all good is stuff. typically the Detroit Lions game that I am watching. What are we talking about right now? We all know, know what happened last weekend against the Baltimore Ravens. The less said, the better. You know what? I think somewhere in between you and I is uh, just about right. And speaking about just about right, it is time to introduce our guest judge. Making their first appearance on the Who Would Win show, it's the author of Something Wicked and Dr. Wallow Designation 8. It's Kenneth Mead. Kenneth, welcome to Who Would Win. Hey, hello. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Cool. You know, Kenneth, um, I know I've been hearing a lot of great things about you. You're a great author, but without revealing too much, tell the Legion of Audience, our faithful fan base, what you've been up to. Uh, well, so not too long ago, I was just at uh, Dragon Con in Atlanta, Georgia, over Labor Day weekend, which happens to be the setting for my latest book, Something Wicked. Um, 
Yeah, so you know, I do that all all sorts of uh, nerd culture things are my jam. So I, I definitely like Dragon Con, and if people don't know, that's a big uh, cosplay event here in Atlanta. Also, do a little bit of reading, a little bit of gaming, uh, a lot of writing, and a little bit of the dishes around the house too. Yeah, that's so, yeah, that's a thing. That's a thing. Yeah, you, you know, I heard you got inspiration for one of your characters. Uh, you know, I don't know from someone who's kind of near and dear to us in the Who Would Win show. Do you mind explaining that real quick? Sure. Uh, the gentleman with us, Mr. Ray here, uh, we have a bit of a history together. Uh oh. We we yeah we used to work for the same company, and uh, he actually was one of the um, first people I, I met and encountered in in some of the training uh, with this company, and the. My other book, Dr. Wallow, uh, Designation 8, is about a guy who joins a mysterious organization and tries to help the world. So very similar to our job. And uh, one of the characters was very much inspired by the relationship I got with Ray right in the beginning. A welcoming, but also, you know, uh, if you guys know Ray, a little bit humorous, a little bit sarcastic. What? It's outrageous. That's <laughs> crazy. Right. The sarcasm Excited. part is very surprising. <laughs> Yeah, so I kind of stole stole from that uh, for one of my characters in Dr. Wallow, Designation 8. I believe the character's name is Stanton. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, and he, so and, he, he and he's a hero th- in your book, correct? He is, yes. Wow. As far as okay. I'm concerned, he's the hero of the book. <laughs> okay. There, um, there you go. You know, not that I want to project anything onto you, you know, because you're such a prolific writer and great author and what have you, but I have a feeling that after this episode, you'll have, you know, another idea for a complete storyline and possibly another superhero or hero character for one of your books who maybe battles uh, the race to Cadence inspired character for a while until somehow they find common ground and unify and become a team that, you know, you know what? I'm going to write this book later on. It's all good. All right, listen. Yeah, it writes itself. <laughs> it writes yeah. <laughs> that will sell three to four copies easy as long as our parents buy the book. Uh, again, we love having you on here because you've got great geek culture knowledge and you're, you've got someone who already has some pre or you're someone who already has previous knowledge of Ray. You clearly, you and I kind of hit it off already. So this all bodes well for this episode. With all that being said, Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing horror cinema, the killer doll who proves both that deadly things come in small packages and also that you don't know what you can do till you voodoo it, Chucky. And representing Capcom, the photojournalist who might get into some rough situations, but he'll always rob or wriggle his way out of them, Frank West. Wow. Well done, Ray. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the who would win matches a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Now, Ray, you know, there's been different several games with Frank West. What version are you going with for this character? I'm going with the video game version of Frank West. You know, there have been a lot, there have been like three live action Dead Rising movies. Two of them start Frank West. Uh, there's been a comic book series that came out. But ultimately, uh, Frank West from the world of video games is the is the only way to go for a battle like this. Makes a lot of sense. Now, in terms of Chucky, I found out in my research that the original Chucky from the 80s and then 90s film series 
is actually in the same line of continuity as the current TV series. So I'm going to be pulling information from the OG, the original version of Chucky for this battle. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whoever the judge decides has the best case for defeating their opponent by death submission or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes, and where no outsider interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto at any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store. Visit www.whowouldwinstore.com to get your hands on some great Who Would Win shirts and merch. And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Frank West. Frank West is a photojournalist and the one who broke the story of the zombie conspiracy that exploded at Willamette Mall. He was created by Capcom, was originally played by TJ Rotolo, and first appeared in the video game Dead Rising in 2006. So sorry, James, about you missing that current video game reference. Frank West wanted the scoop of all time to save his flailing career. Hearing of an event at Willamette Mall, he contracted a helicopter to take him to the scene so he could get the story. He wasn't worried about risking his own life because, after all, he's covered wars, you know? Frank ended up saving dozens of people and also uncovered the vast conspiracy behind the outbreak in the first place. Frank is a master improviser, using anything and everything as a weapon, and he's killed tens of thousands of zombies when he was in the mall the first time alone. Fun fact, in case you were not aware, the company Capcom makes more than just the Dead Rising series of games. Yes, Capcom also makes the classic Mega Man games as well. This is most evident crossover-wise in the first Dead Rising game, where you can get Frank to wear a full Mega Man outfit and the Mega Buster arm cannon to terrorize the zombies as well. So if you ever thought to yourself how Mega Man would do in the zombie apocalypse... The answer is really, really well. And that is Frank West. I've never thought of that question, but now that you brought that up, I'm glad I can actually find the answer. It's all I can think about. Honestly, it keeps me up at night. Absolutely. All right, now here are the details for Chucky. Chucky, often referred to as the Lakeshore Strangler or Charles Lee Ray, is a notorious fictional horror character within the Child's Play film series. His sinister tale began in 1988 when he made his first appearance in the movie Child's Play, directed by Tom Holland, not that Tom Holland, and written by Don Mancini. Chucky's origin story is a unique one. He was originally a serial killer named Charles Lee Ray, who, after being mortally wounded, used voodoo magic to transfer his soul into a good guy doll. This malevolent transformation set the stage for a series of spine-chilling events as Chucky continued his murderous spree in what many saw erroneously as a seemingly harmless doll's body. Over the years, Chucky became an iconic figure in the horror genre, characterized by his trademark red hair, freckles, and unsettling sinister grin. Sounds like someone I know. The character was brilliantly brought to life through the voice acting of Brad Dourif, whose chilling and maniacal performance became synonymous with Chucky's terrifying persona. 
And here's an interesting fact about Chucky. Did you know that Chucky almost had a theme song? It's true. While the full song didn't make it into the final cut of the film, the producers did go ahead and have an official theme song made for Chucky. The song was composed by Joe Renzetti, who wrote the score of the film, and the lyrics were performed by Simon Stokes. The song would have played during the closing credits, just like a kid song, but was taken out since it was, it was thought to be too silly, which I disagree with since serial killers and violent psychopaths all have their own silly theme music, just ask Race to Canis. And now you have the facts of both opponents. Kenneth, do you have any questions before we get started? Nope, this sounds like an awesome matchup. I'm excited. Uh, quick question for you, Kenneth. Did When you were working with Ray, did he ever play his theme music? That would kind of be the precursor <laughs> to a terrifying, like, murderous rampage. Not that I recall. No, I've mm. had theme music uh, going back to my times uh, with that particular company that made Space Marines. Uh, you know, I should. Why? Why don't I uh, put the official Almighty Ray wrestling entrance theme song on one of these shows? Don't I deserve an entrance at some point? You definitely make a great exit. So yes, let's kind of pump up that uh, that entrance really well too. All yeah, right, great, great. I love it. Okay, Ray, let's get this party started. Hit us with your point number one. You didn't even mention my favorite part about it is Brad Dorif, the voice of Chucky, also played Grima Wormtongue in the Lord of the Rings movies, and they didn't once let him do the Chucky laugh. I say missed opportunity. My point number one for Frank West, I want to talk about his improvisational fighting ability because when you're fighting somebody like Chucky, a lot of crazy things are going to happen. If you're a straight-laced fighter or somebody without a lot of humor around you, Chucky is going to bulldoze you and you are not going to know what happened. I'm glad I have Frank West in this battle, though, who can take whatever Chucky gives and be ready for any situation because... He's been in malls, in Dead Rising 2, off the record, the alternate version of Dead Rising 2. He was in a Las Vegas-esque city walk type of area. And then back in Dead Rising 4, he's back in a mall again. And he just picks up anything and everything and uses it as a weapon. I said already, but let's talk about what that means. He has a camera, first off. He's always wearing a camera because he is a photojournalist, and he has a camera flash, and that flash can blind people and leave them dazed for a moment if they're not ready for it, if they don't see it coming. Chucky uh, feels things just like a normal person. He's in a doll's body, but there is a soul, a human soul trapped in there that can be hurt, could be blinded if he needed to be. If Chucky tries to jump on top of Frank West and pull that knife on him, he could absolutely pull up the camera. He could hit him with a little bit of a flash and get Chucky off of him that way. It'll at least work once. But the weapons he likes to use. He's been known, and, and, I, and he was in the uh, Marvel vs. Capcom series, Frank West was. And so I know that's a crossover, less weight, but he came specifically with a series of weapons in that game that are all represented in Dead Rising. So in my mind, those are the ones that he would be most likely to use the most often. Those weapons are a baseball bat, a fire axe, a golf club, and that's not just hitting with the golf club, that's putting a ball down and winging the ball at people and knocking them in the head with it, knocking them down, a hot, sizzling hot pan, a sledgehammer, and a chainsaw, of course, a custom chainsaw, why not, as well as a shopping cart. He has a shopping cart that he can just ram you into. These are all things that are in abundance in the Dead Rising games, and he used over and over and over again. So I would ask the question, if he has a fire axe, 
and Chucky has a kitchen knife, which one of these has the longer range with the capacity to do more damage? The answer is Frank West has got him in that particular regard, but Frank is also known for crafting in later editions of Dead Rising. He can take items or weapons and then tape them, duct tape them together to create new ones that he's also a master at using. And that involves a nail bat a bat that he just puts a bunch of nails in, a sledgehammer slash axe combo where they're just taped together for the extra heft and he's hitting you with blunt and bladed things at the same time. He took an oar from a kayak and put chainsaws on either end of it and swings them around to cut people in half. He stuck a grenade in a football somehow, lit it, and will throw it deep like a Hail Mary pass that blows up when it lands. And he took that shopping cart I mentioned before and loaded it up with chainsaws. And so he can just ride it around and hit you with all kinds of awful bladed weapons. Different things also that work in Frank's favor are video game physics, you know? Frank West at all times has sort of a health bar. So if you, you can't really hit him once really, really good and it will put him down, that's not how Frank West works. He can also consume food, any food at all, whether it's moldy, whether it's still good, doesn't matter. Frank West can consume orange juice, milk, steaks, Chinese food, whatever he finds lying around, and he can eat that and he will immediately like regenerate health. That's going to help him in a battle like this that could be a battle of attrition. The last thing I want to mention, Frank West has survived four different zombie outbreaks at ground zero of the zombie outbreak each and every time. Surviving one zombie outbreak would be considered a feather in your cap. To make your point to go into them and come out alive four times shows a level of survivability that Chucky has not demonstrated in his own properties as well. That's my point number one. All right, some great stuff there, Ray. Well done. Uh, I could tell you did some watching and reading of things, so impressive that you're, you know, kind of growing your range of uh, research. You know, some things I got to kind of talk about, you know, some of the most terrifying weapons can be found in malls. I agree with that. Don't ask me how I know, but especially makeshift weapons, that's great. Is this fight taking place in a mall? I don't know. And if it is, that's really also going to favor Chucky because he's got lots of places to hide, lots of weapons he can use as well. Using a camera as a weapon. Bravo. That's fantastic. Oh, the flash went off. Yeah, we all see bright lights all the time. I don't think that's going to affect Chucky with his eyes, the dull eyes, uh, all the baseball st- stuff, you know, the fire axe, what have you. It's a lot to carry in a fight, and he's not going to be able to be that mobile if he puts it all into his grocery cart. He's going to be slowing down a little bit with that. Duct taking we- duct taping weapons together. Love that. Love that. Love that. Love that. Unfortunately, that takes time. And that takes more resources. And in a fight with Chucky, you're not going to have a lot of time. If you stop and try to do something, Chucky's going to take advantage of it. And finally, last thing, you don't like grenades, Race to Canis. Get your weapons properly understood. That's just not a thing you do. Now, let me get to my point number one. And for my point number one, let's talk about Chucky's abilities. Sure. You know, you take one look at Chucky and you think to yourself, how dangerous can this 29-inch tall doll really be? Well, as we've seen from the films and TV series, Chucky is insanely dangerous and very physical capable. He's got superhuman strength. Of course, that's what he develops in by the, you know, TV series and the end of the series. Just like, you know, Chucky's got like, Chucky's got like this James Gabsy type of strength, but, you know, he, you know, in that he's much stronger than he looks. We see this when he does the seemingly impossible and overpowering kill people much larger than him. 
in the first Child's Play film, Chucky uses his strength to easily overpower and kill, you know, a babysitter and a police officer. That's insane. He's got a high level of speed and agility. You know, he can move at high speeds. He can get up windows, the whole thing. And he's doing this while he's carrying a weapon. In the second film, Chucky uses his speed and I think his agility to escape from a police car and chase that little kid Andy through a toy factory just like a maniac. It's awesome. He's got superhuman durability, right? You're not wrong. He does take damage. But here's the thing. He can withstand a great deal of damage as well, even to the point of being dismembered and still continue fighting. In the third Child's Play film, Chucky uses his durability to survive being shot in the head and set on fire. Fun stuff. He's got a healing factor, by the way, where he's able to heal from injuries at an accelerated rate. We see this in the fourth film. Yeah, I had to watch all of them, where Chucky uses this healing factor and he recovers from being dismembered. Also, he's got superhuman endurance. Now, here's the deal. He's a doll. We don't see him getting tired that often, if at all. And in a big, prolonged fight where Chucky's coming at Frank West, and Frank West is using his physicality, Frank West is going to get tired way, way quicker. Chucky's effectively immortal, by the way, because he always finds a way to resurrect himself. I know that won't play into this battle so much, just a fun fact. He's also got a high degree of control over his body. See, even after being dismembered, Chucky's able to move his body parts independently and even reattach them to his body. It's awesome. And all of these physical abilities, really, we see them even greater in the Chucky TV series. You know, in the first episode, Chucky overpowers and kills a police detective very easily, even though the detective is much, much larger, kind of a big guy. In the second episode, Chucky escapes from a police car by jumping out of the window and running away at superhuman speed. He's way faster in the series than he is in the movies. In another episode, Chucky survives being stabbed in the chest and thrown out of a window. He's fine, pulls a knife out. He's good to go. And in the fourth episode, Chucky dodges a gunshot from point-blank range. Super speed, anyone? Hey, a, point's right, a gun's right out of my head. Pull the trigger. Boom, I'm out of the way. That's me. I'm Chucky. And in another episode, he uses his strength to break out of a locked room, just smash his way through. And in another episode, he's using his agility to climb up a wall and sneak into a house. How that works, I don't know. Look, I'm not taking anything away, you know, anything away from Frank West in the physicality department because he's badass. But when it comes to overall physical abilities, especially now with the TV series, it's pretty clear that Chucky is just a few steps above him. That's my point number one. I think you made some good points on this uh, uh, first little barrage right here. Obviously, we're just sparring. We haven't gotten to the super powerful points just yet, and I don't believe for a second that you think either of us has either. Chucky is surprisingly strong. I think that that is something to be said. I think Frank West also shows a certain degree of strength. I think I think there's just something that happens no matter what side of the uh, the coin you're on, when they put you in some sort of a horror mot motif that allows you to do things physically that human beings can't typically do, whether they're killer dolls or photojournalists. So I want to say that Chucky is surprisingly strong for his height. I see him a little bit like Ant-Man in that regard, in that he would have the strength of somebody much taller than himself, but not quite enough, I don't think, to completely overpower a guy like Frank. West. Uh, the other thing I wanted to point out here, you mentioned that Frank couldn't carry so many weapons. You got to talk about video game physics for a minute. Frank West can carry a whole cavalcade of weapons. I believe it's something in the neighborhood of like a dozen different items or weapons at all times. And he does not suffer any encumbrance penalty. He just sort of flips between them as he wants to, because that's how it works. Interesting stuff. I know video game physics are kind of a fun thing. At some point, we may need to define it a little bit more, but that's not the nope. day today. Not the day today. I agree, Race to Canis. All right, let's go to our judge. Kenneth, you've heard one point from both me and Race to Canis. Where's your head at so far with this battle? Man, this is this is tough. From the first improvisational fighting style of Frank West, I was like, oh, that's good because that works. But man, slowly we got into the... Uh, 
I don't know, Chucky and, and the strength and the taking taking a uh, shotgun blast to the head and, and being set on fire, I think I heard. And Correct. I mean, that seems like the, that's the go-to for fighting zombies. So, And that has to be what Frank West is used to. So this, this is tough. I think I'm leaning towards James on that point. I'm going to have to give it to you. Yeah, most people do, by the way. But here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing. We're only at point number one. And, you know, Ray is really good. His debating style is really picked up. And he's really good at kind of saying, hey, here's a simple, here's a jab, here's a double jab, here's a cross. He's waiting for that overhand right for that point number through. I kind of get how this game's working. With that being said, Ray, let's continue this matchup. Hit us with your point number two. Point number two for Frank West. Let's talk about some of his physical feats as well, because I do believe that they equal or exceed anything Chucky can put in front of us at all. Because let's start with the fact I've said it before. Frank West has killed tens of thousands of zombies in each and every game that he is in. There was an achievement, which is wild to me. There was an achievement, an Xbox achievement in the first Dead Rising game called Zombie Genocider. And that's if you manage to do a playthrough of the entire run of the game and kill more than 53,594 zombies. That is roughly the exact population of the city of Willamette. Somehow all in this one mall and there's more of them there than that. And he has killed them all over the course of just a few days. He wildly enough, zombie physics, enemy physics to Frank, uh, it, again, horror physics. It becomes something weird. He can slice clean through these zombies with any kind of bladed weapon or household item that he tends to pick up. And he does it easily. He doesn't get stuck on a piece of bone. He just swings a sword and then body parts just go flying. Arms, legs, heads, everything. That might come into play later, Kenneth. Take a note. This is also a guy in Frank West I mentioned before. He's covered wars, you know? Which is how they got around explaining how he knows how to use every weapon known to mankind that he finds in this mall from ancient battle axes to katana swords to, to explosives to assault rifles, shotguns, and handguns. He's a photojournalist. He should not know how to use at a master level all of these items, but he does. He did later get training for some of his later games, so they actually tried to explain it off a little bit better in that after he survived the first game, they put him through some military training to help him later. Whatever. This is a guy who just, one of his go-to moves, he just reaches down to the chin of a zombie from behind and just pulls the zombie's head off. I would think that would require a massive amount of strength, at least enough that Chucky could manage. I don't remember Chucky decapitating anyone with just his bare hands before. James, you can illuminate me if, I, if I'm wrong about that. He's also very agile. Thing I know about Chucky, he's not the most agile character. You're not seeing him do parkour and spin flips in the air, right? But Frank West can walk on the shoulders and heads of zombies in a mob and just walk across them as if he's walking across neutral ground. That's crazy. He also does the Dark Souls roll. If you know what that is, you know what that is. If a guy's coming at you, you do a little tiger jump to the side and avoid taking any damage whatsoever. And he can pull off that move over and over again. And he has a lot of durability, of course. You'd have to, to go through what he's been through. He falls big time all the time. He's fallen several stories before and gotten up and walked it off. No problem. He was in an elevator that crashed down to the ground and was able to walk walk away safely from that. He was in a Jeep that got hit by a tank 
and thrown over and he had no problem. He walked away from that as well. He also has an interesting ability. I found out when he is close to death, when he is near the end of his health bar, he gains an extra focus skill that gives him a greater chance at dealing critical hits. So if Chucky manages to wear down Frank West just enough, Frank will have this immediate focus and ability to hit Chucky uh, exponentially as hard as he would have under normal circumstances. And that could work in his favor if this battle really does become the battle of attrition that it might possibly do. He also has massive pain tolerance. He can fight hard when he is beat down to his very soul. 1,000%. I know Chucky has a lot of pain tolerance as well, to a point, but he does scream when you rip his arms off. It is a thing that I have noticed. Uh, last thing to mention... Uh, Frank West is nearly superhuman in many ways. He's operated at full capacity with no sleep going on day after day after day. I want to say four or five days or longer in that first game alone. Doesn't sleep ever, rescues person after person, and never slows down. So he is ready for a battle of endurance. I just don't think Chucky is as well uh, equipped for that kind of endurance battle. And that's my point number two. All right. Let me kind of push back on your point number two. Here's the thing. You're talking about these zombies and the many, many, many thousands of zombies that Frank West has killed. Uh, you know, I did a little research about the zombies of Dead Rising. I love the zombie apocalypse genre. It's fantastic. Now, in order to kill a zombie during the day, you need to do this crazy thing. You need to jump kick it once. That's right. You jump up in the air, kick it once, and during the day, the zombie dies. It's done. It's destroyed. Now, why is that important? Because at night, these zombies are more powerful. So much more powerful. What do you have to do to you know destroy the zombies at night? Well, you have to do the unthinkable and do two jump kicks to destroy a zombie. That's not even, So if you hit him with a weapon, it's almost like overkill. I'm just trying to say it's not as impressive as Race of Canis is making it out to be in terms of the 50,000 or whatever thousands upon thousands of zombies destroyed. Chucky would have taken out way more because he's just way more destructive. Uh, you know, in the TV series, Chucky, by the way, you're talking about his agility, his speed. He's way more uh, fast. He's faster. He's way more agile, can do way crazier things. I think that's why the TV series kind of is, is going into season three right now because people like the enhanced Chucky and that's what we get to see now because it's more mayhem, more destruction, what have you. You know, uh, zombies also, just a fun note, they wouldn't come after Chucky at all because evidently in Dead Rising, uh, zombies will ignore anything that doesn't give off a human smell. That's just a fun factoid. I do my research race to Canis. Now, let me get to my point number two. And for my point number two, let's go over some of the other aspects that Chucky brings to the table. Now, he's got that killer smile. A killer smile that's disturbing for sure, but it's also insanely disarming. This is part of what, what he does. It's like kind of like non-usage camouflage because all you have to do he just sits there like a doll and he's just smiling and he's so disarming that he uses that to advantage how many times have we seen that where he's just like hey what's up and he's not saying anything and someone just walks right by him and then that's when he comes to life and even when he does come to life with that disarming smile that freaks people out he gets that surprise advantage or the advantage of surprise whatever you want to call it a whole lot now Chucky is also a master of stealth we've seen that he's able to sneak up on his victims without being detected a whole lot in another episode of the TV series I'm going to be referencing this a lot. Chucky uses his stealth to sneak up and kill victims without being detected all the freaking time. He's also proficient in the use of a variety of weapons, including knives, guns, and explosives. And even though Chucky's signature weapon is that large kitchen knife, which he's very skilled at using, by the way, he's also really, really great with explosives, firearms of many types. He's used an axe, even a chainsaw, because why not? Fun fact, he was also able to easily disarm a police officer and take his gun, and gun disarms on a police officer 
Those are really, really hard. Don't ask me how I know. I do know because I've trained police officers on how to retain their weapons. So it is a super hard thing. Now, Chucky's also a very skilled planner and tactician. We've seen him set up really crazy traps and schemes on the spot, on the fly, and to use whatever's around him to capture or kill his victims. That's what he does. And don't forget the fact that Chucky's, you know, he's very intelligent and cunning. Also, we've seen him outsmart his enemies and come with, up with, I don't know if this is the right word, creative ways to defeat them. Yeah, there's nothing that's off the table with this character. Anything he can use, he will use. If he has to make someone back up and his back of the head hits like a ton of nails and beds in the back of their head, he'll do it because that's what he does. He's also absolutely ruthless. In Child's Play, you know, again, the TV series, he uses his knife to kill a variety of people, including police officers, doctors, even a child. And that's horrible, but that's what he does. Now, he's also got a really good fighting ability. Look, you see a 29-inch doll, and you have to think to yourself, how tough can this thing be, really? Well, in Chucky's case, he's tough, not because of his powers, but because he's also a really, really good fighter. In the TV series, he easily defeats police officers, detectives, and hand-to-hand combat. That's pretty hard to do. In the second episode, he fights his way out of a police car, even though he's outnumbered and surrounded by several police officers. In another episode, he fights his way through a group of guards in a mental hospital. To put that in perspective, mental hospital guards are told, like, hey, take this person down, hold them in place, get the syringe out, do whatever you got to do, and Chucky got through them no problem. Another time, he fights and defeats a group of police officers who are trying to arrest him. Chucky's fighting a lot of police in the TV series, is what I'm trying to say. And another episode, he fights and defeats his own evil twin brother, which, by the way, begs the question of how evil is Chucky's evil twin brother if Chucky's supposed to be the epitome of evil? I don't know. And if all that was enough to prove his fighting ability in the TV series, Chucky fights off a group of angry parents who are trying to kill him. Angry parents, Ray, is there anything more destructive and deadly than a group of angry parents? Take hordes of zombies, take out a bunch of angry parents, and Las Vegas is saying the odds are on the angry parents. That's all I'm saying. And finally, Chucky is also very difficult to catch. How many times have we seen him escape from police cars, locked rooms, evaded individuals and groups of people chasing him, never mind when he's evaded gunfire at point-blank range? Look, it's hard to hit Chucky. It's hard to pin him down. It's hard to even figure out where he is. All of that is my point number two. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Chucky, uh, you know, he is, he is evasive. He is elusive. He's killed a lot of police officers, it turns out. I didn't realize that was such a motif of the new TV show. That's a very interesting spin. Uh, I'll just say that. Now, I want to talk about some of the things you mentioned, though, James. You said the way you kill a zombie is you jump and you jump kick them in the daytime once, twice in the nighttime. No, 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 no. That's how Frank West kills a zombie in the daytime and nighttime because he is that strong and powerful. Me and you just get bitten and turned into zombies. We try the jump kick move. The zombie just gets up and then they surround us and they kill us. And you said uh, disarming a police officer of his weapon is a very, very difficult thing to do. Wouldn't you know it? Frank West has done that in the Dead Rising games as well, but also not just done that to security guards and police officers. He's done it to mercenary trained veterans as well who were brought in at the end of the game to sort of make things go away. And he took away their like machine guns after beating them around a little bit. That's pretty impressive if what earlier you said is true. And the last thing, you know, Chucky, he is good at at sort of just like hiding in plain sight, etc., But this is Frank West. He's known for seeing details. He is a photojournalist who broke the story of the Santa Cabeza outbreak. And Chucky is a small, flaming, red-haired, rainbow-colored-wearing, overalled thing. He's not going to look like anything else that's going on, no matter where this fight is taking place. Chucky is going to be brightly colored, and Frank West is going to see him from a mile away. 
Not if he's standing still in a box. I don't know. Maybe you're right. And we are at the turning point. Ken, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead, and what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? This is really kind of shaping up to be a battle I would like to see. Uh, this, You guys are both making great points. I would say now, I, th- I think I'm shifting kind of the other direction, though. You know, you guys have both made the case. Chucky's uh, more than a zombie, for sure. But Frank West is more than your police officer or your security guard. I don't know. And and as Ray said, he's still got kind of the, the height, the reach, and, and the size on Chucky. So I think I'm swaying back to Frank West at this point. Interesting. Okay. I like that. You're, you're not wrong. Uh, Ray's scientific evidence that he presented does, in fact, provide the same conclusion for everyone. Frank West does have greater reach than Chucky. I'm glad Ray took five minutes to explain that. All right, listen, this is good. This match can go either way, but we've got to figure this out. Ray, I know you got some big guns waiting for this. Hit us with your point number three. Point number three is everything I've been sandbagging up to this point. I mentioned that Frank West makes combo weapons, and I gave you some of the really basic ones off the start, but Frank West, it turns out, has a genius Tony Stark-level IQ where he can craft these sort of within about four or five seconds and put these devices together. It does not take very long for him to do this. And there comes to be a point where he can do it. He doesn't need a crafting station to do it in the later games either. He can sort of do it wherever he wants to. Let's talk about that. He made something called a Blitzkrieg. He took a wheelchair, a car battery, and submachine guns, and he made himself a mobile death fortress where he could ride in it as if it was the throne that we wish appeared in Game of Thrones, where it's uh, it's automatic, it's electric, and it has machine guns to fire everything. He made something called a Freedom Bear. He took a giant Teddy Ruxpin doll with a submachine gun and he set it up so that way it had some sort of sensors that would notice when bad guys were around and act as a mobile sentry unit. Yes, he can set up sentry units in four or five sentry guns in about four or five seconds when he needs to. He made a blambo. He made dynamite with arrowheads and used a bow to ignite when he shoots and shoots explosive arrows. He made... Yes, sir. A laser sword using diamonds and a flashlight to make himself, I poop you not, a lightsaber that sliced zombies in half easily. And finally, made an ice sword with a sword and a liquid nitrogen can that literally froze them solid like they were sub-zero in a Mortal Kombat game. He could also do this to vehicles as well. Take two vehicles and turn them into a super souped-up, you know, a deathmobile for army of darkness if you will now some of the people that he has fought because i don't think chucky's fought very many impressive enemies it's a lot of children it's a lot of teenagers and yes a lot of police officers but as i'm learning very much from james police officers in the child's play chucky universe don't seem to be worth a whole heck of a lot but here's who frank west has fought he fought the leader of a special forces mercenary group in hand-to-hand combat with no weapons and defeated him on top of a tank where there were zombies all around him. Not just regular zombies, though, James. As you play the games, you get evolved zombies and mutated zombies. So now all of a sudden you start getting fast zombies as well as sort of like Resident Evil monstrous. Not the zombies, but like the monsters that come in the Resident Evil games. He has to fight those as well. Not to mention a whole plethora of people who have gone crazy. And the zombie apocalypse treats different minds differently. And if you already have a mind that is ready to be broken, those events can make you take hostages and do terror 
terrible things. Frank West encountered at least 40 of these individuals in his travels. Some of my favorites, the uh, war vet with PTSD who jumps up into the air ducts, comes down, tries to hit and run, and then jumps back behind shelves again, which is exactly how I think Chucky's going to attack. If he could take out uh, essentially a Vietnam veteran with special training who's trying those moves, he's going to get over on Chucky as well, right? Not just that. He fought the gun store guy. You know, the guy behind the counter at the gun store. You don't want to mess with that guy. Well, Frank had to, and he beat him. He defeated a family of snipers who were on the second floor of the mall, shooting anybody they felt like it because they went nuts. Took them all out. He He defeated an entire cult, an entire religious cult that seemingly popped up overnight in the mall, halfway through the game's runtime. This cult just shows up. He took them all out. He fought clowns. Yes, he fought sadistic evil clowns. Andy the Clown is a clown who juggles three special chainsaws, specially, or maybe two, whatever, specially made for him. Some of the most damaging weapons in the game. Big ol' clown went down. He also defeated his brother, Evan the Clown, who is a little person, maybe related to the Chucky matter, who attacked him on stilts and an ice cream truck with the machine gun turret on top. Frank defeated him, took out the stilts, grabbed him, and punted him all the way across the food court when he needed to do so. If he could do that to Evan the Clown, he could do that to Chucky as well. And my other least favorite, the convicts. There were three convicts in a truck with a mounted machine gun, and he had to take them out in the courtyard of the mall. Last thing, power armor. There's power armor in the final game. It's an unmodified exosuit that grants Frank greater running speed, durability, and the strength to fling two-ton cars, punch through concrete, and launch a seven-ton ambulance roughly 20 to 30 feet away just by knocking into it. Its battery life is only two minutes long, but with that against Chucky, how long does it need to be? Don't think Warhammer power armor. Think Fallout power armor. I'm sorry. Chucky ain't beating a guy in power armor. And that's my point number three. All right, I got to push back on a lot of this. And by the way, I'm not pushing back you because, better, because you're in trouble. Because it's not. I'm not pushing back because it's not awesome. By the way, because everything you've described is really fantastic. But what I'm going to push back on is the fact that you're trying to communicate that these are things that are you know all these objects that he's that are lying around that he can put in are absolutely common in throughout the game in every aspect he's playing. It's not. So how common, for example, are some of these items like to, you know if these death machines? Are there diamonds just lying around everywhere? No, there are specific things. He doesn't always have the ability to create these machines. He's highly limited to what's around him at that moment. Now, if he does have stuff there, he is resourceful, but it's rare. It's not like it's all the time he can create this thing. Power armor in the last game, is that going to be ready to for him in a random encounter with no prior knowledge, with no time to prepare? Don't think so. And even with two minutes, Chucky's hiding like a maniac. He's hiding. He can evade. He's done this before. So not only will he not have it, but even if he does, it's not going to do enough because can only last for two minutes look this is you're kind of reaching here ray and i get why you're doing it because it's fun to do and frank west is actually a much cooler character with all of this but let me push back with all of this with my point number three and my point number three i want to discuss frank west's limitations chucky's not so secret weapon and how i think this fight's going to go down look this is typically the part of the show where i talk about my opponent's weaknesses but in this case i want to go over the limitations that i think are really going to be the real issue now first of all Frank West, at his core, is an amazing journalist. That's who he is. That's what he does best. Chucky, on the other hand, is a violent, psychopathic killer.
explode. Now, once Frank faces off against Chucky, he's definitely going to want to defend himself. But just like the zombie outbreak, his first instinct will be to try to figure out what the heck is Chucky all, Chucky all about? What is even a Chucky in the first place? Could that inquisitive focus on Chucky be a distraction? Even slightly, you know, take him away from his focus from the fight? It's a freaking doll that's coming at him. Look, he's seen zombies, he's seen clowns, but a psychopathic doll with coming at him who wants to murder him? That still isn't something he's encountered yet. So this is going to be kind of a, a mind-screwing kind of thing that's going to happen. In the Dead Rising video games, Frankie's constantly putting himself in danger in order to get the story. He's been attacked by zombies, criminals, the government. He's been shot, stabbed, nearly killed on multiple occasions. All in the name of getting a story, by the way. Remember, Chucky's really street smart. He's going to read this journalistic sensibility that Frank has and pretend to engage and bring down his defenses and then go in for the attack while his guard is down. This is actually really cool because this is something that Chucky does a especially in the TV series where he's got an opponent and the opponent's ready to kill him. Chucky's like, really, is this something you want to do or is there something more to this? And the person starts talking and that's when Chucky takes advantage of the entire situation. Remember, psychopathic killer that's insanely street smart, that's going to come into effect. On top of that, Frank West, yeah, he's in good shape. He can, he's can, he got some knowledge and all that kind of stuff. He's tough. He's still a regular human. He can do all these cool things. But look, at the end of it, he's still going to be taking a ton of damage as well. Stab this guy through the heart, stab him in the head, and that health bar is going to go down to zero real quick. But let's talk about another aspect of Chucky that will be a huge factor in this fight, and that's his ability to use voodoo. Now, his usage of voodoo is seen in limited ways in the films, but in the TV series, it becomes a much bigger facet of Chucky's overall game plan. He uses it quite often. Now, with voodoo, Chucky can possess people, and he can do this really, really quickly. All he does is he chants a spell, and he all he has to do is be standing somewhat near the person, not even really close up, but somewhere in the vicinity that he wants to possess, recite the spell, and he's got it, and he's got complete control of him. That person now has the personality of Chucky that Chucky then possesses and controls telepathically that is not something that Frank West has ever encountered. He can resurrect the dead now he typically does need to have a body part of the person he wants to resurrect but if there are zombies in this scenario he's going to have plenty of body parts to choose from and once he resurrects these people they'll absolutely be fighting on Chucky's side because he'll control them as well. He can also create new life. We saw him use Voodoo to create this new offspring of his a new child who then starts fighting for him. I'm not saying he's going to create a new kid during this fight but it's just something cool he can do. And here's the fun one and we used this in our last episode with the Xenomorph Queen versus Ash Williams. Chucky can also, just like Ash Williams when he uses Necronomicon, he can also open portals to other hell-like realms, including hell itself, and these portals can suck people into them, which would be disastrous for Frank West. Look, the way this fight's going to go down is pretty simple. They're going to face off. Chucky's going to make the first move while Frank West's journalistic curiosity is kind of peaked, and as a result, Chucky's going to get first blood, but Frank, he's got these fighting instincts. They're going to kick in. He's going to get away from Chucky, and he's going to start his counterattack. He's going to do all these cool things that Ray just you know, outlined. Now, equally intrigued and freaked out by this killer doll, Frank is actually going to go on a game of cat and mouse where both he and Chucky are taking on the roles of both the cat and the mouse, depending on where the fight's going. Now, they're both going to take a safe position. Frank's going to start coming up with a plan, and he's going to go all MacGyver, just like what Ray said, and come up with this crazy death machine, you know, with the from components from his grocery cart or whatever he can find around him. And as he's doing it, that's when Chucky recites his voodoo spell and takes control of Frank West. If Frank West somehow, somehow can resist it, which he can't because Frankie, as Chucky has controlled much more powerful willed people in the TV series, then all of a sudden Chucky, just like Ash Williams did in a previous episode, will open up a portal to some hell-like realm where Frank West will then get sucked into it. In the end of the day, voodoo is what's going to put Chucky over in this matchup, never mind his murderous mindset and all the crazy stuff he does. That's my point number three. 
Boy, that is that is a reach. That is a reach worthy of Plastic Man right there, James. Good job to you. You really think that Frank West is going to see an, a, a come-to-life murderous doll and he's going to say, huh, I better talk to this guy about the story. No, <laughs> you don't talk to psychopaths. You kill them. And that's what, you, that's what he does. And portals? Portals! The only portals I could find were portals in the Minecraft video game that could take you to a Chucky dimension if you follow a really weird set of steps. I don't know these portals from anything that you're referring to. I don't remember ever seeing him conjure portals on a whim in any Chucky property. That's a little, that's a little bit wild. But one thing I have seen in Chucky properties is Chucky dying. Chucky dies in every single movie that he's in. Same thing with the Alien Queen last week. You know who doesn't die? Frank West has survived four zombie apocalypses. And here's all the ways that Chucky has died in his movies and shows. He's been shot in the heart. He's had an air tube put in his mouth to explode his head. He's been thrown into a fan. He was another time shot in the chest. He was once an axe, beheaded him, and dismembered him. Another time he was, stop me if you've heard this before, shot in the heart. <laughs> Three different times, James. And he was also squeezed till his head popped in the Chucky TV show. Didn't conjure any portals there, did he? No. It seems very pedestrian ways that Chucky has been defeated, not even needing the level of creativity that Frank West brings to the table. Seems to me like one of those uh, axes could just lop his arms and head off, and we're done here. And the last thing I want to leave you with, better enemies. I said it before, I'll say it again. Chucky really doesn't kill anybody but children. However... Frank West, you know, he got the hit-and-run combat vet, which is how Chucky's going to try to attack him. He's already defeated that in a bigger, stronger, better-trained body. Evan the Clown, if he's trying to be attacked by someone small using every dirty trick in the book, he's already overcome that as well. The last thing I want to leave you with is, outside of regular combat, crafting for Frank West takes a lot shorter period of time than the seemingly endless period of time that the voodoo incantations and the, uh, the possession takes. We've seen him try to possess, and those scenes last minute after minute after minute, and you gotta wait till the winds are swirling and dark clouds are showing up. Frank West isn't gonna sit around and just let that happen. Are you out of your mind? In that, in that time, if Chucky tries to do the incantation, Frank West is going to do some crafting on Chucky. And he's going to take four or five seconds to take a live grenade, craft it inside Chucky's body, and then blow up his heart. Just like a gun to the heart, Chucky's not going to come back from it and at least be down for two minutes. Interesting points. Interesting points. All right, listen, we've got to bring this to the judge. Kenneth, you've heard three points from both Ray and myself, and it's time for you to make a decision on this battle. But... Before we get to what Kenneth has to say, let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every week we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today we are going back to one of our original, one of our favorite patrons, Nathan Fair. Nathan Fair, you have a lot of great suggestions for the show. I'll be honest, a few of them are a little bit obscure, but that's okay. We love to see them, and you know you've got... You're the reason Spyro the Dragon appeared on the show at all. Let me just put it out there, okay? You asked for him enough times. Uh, we want to hear you. We made it work. Nathan Fair, today is your day in the hot seat. Look, Nathan Fair is insanely powerful, and I'm not going to give him an opponent. I'm going to give him two. Let's have Nathan Fair fight the team of Bebop and Rocksteady. 
Excellent. Now, the, the Ninja Turtle enemies tend to be a little on the lame side. I'm, you know, that's a very controversial statement, I know. But Shredder is one of the greatest villains of all time. Love him. The Foot Clan, generally cool. But then you get to, like, Baxter Stockman, who in the comics was awesome with the Mauser robots. Uh, but in the TV show, he was like a human fly. Not that cool. Krang? Krang in the cartoon show, not that great. I'll be honest with you. A brain inside a guy? This is some, you know, Master Blaster slash Total Recall situation. Could be cool. I don't think that character was very cool in the cartoon show. And that leaves us to Bebop and Rocksteady. Bebop and Rocksteady, a pig, a warthog, and a rhinoceros. Punk, they are very, very tall. No problem whatsoever. But Nathan Fair, as we all know, doesn't play fair. His name is an illusion. Just to have you know, Bebop and Rocksteady are going to have machine guns, swords decked out with like, you know, the, the bandoleros of the bullets and they're going to start doing stuff and he's just going to start calling them names. He's just going to say, you guys are just so totally uncool. Nobody thinks you guys are cool. Nobody thinks you're smart. Nobody thinks you're capable. You fought the Ninja Turtles for like three or four decades. And I don't think you've even punched one of them at this point. What an embarrassment you guys are. And he's going to hurt their feelings. And they're going to battlefield remove themselves to regroup. Because they are, in fact, that lame and that weak. Nathan Fair, with the power of wordplay and knowing your opponent, you took down two at once. Great job this week. Congratulations, Nathan Fair. You got the win the same way Chucky's going to get the win over Frank West this week. Well done. Now, remember, you too can become a celebrated patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. All right, Kenneth, it's back to you. It's time for your decision. Take us through your process. Tell us the story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Chucky and Frank West. Uh, yeah, so I can't help but see this battle um, just ranging, like like James said, with the cat and mouse, back and forth. Uh, you're going to have uh, Chucky creating more zombies to, to throw at Frank. You're going to have Frank finding new ways to kill more zombies and add to that death toll. They're both going to shine more and more. It's going to pit each other into some epic battle. They have each strengths and how to get ready for that uh i think we're gonna see a lot of uh death and mayhem i think the collateral damage you know this should happen in a mall maybe that gives frank west an advantage but it's just it's a mall in the 90s right like it's got to happen that way i think chucky will shine there i think there'll be plenty of things for him to um hide behind or jump out of or get blood on if you will from other people in the mall maybe but right in the end, I got I to gotta say, Ray made a really strong point. We see Chucky take a loss more than we see Mr. Frank West. This is, this is epic. This should happen. Yeah, I, I can't wait for it. I, and I think we're going to build to that end. We're going to have an epic moment of voodoo being conducted. We're going to see clouds gathering, like you say, but we're going to see some shopping cart loaded with chainsaws and car batteries come wailing down an escalator, maybe something like that wreck into something. I see plans working, not working. And then some epic shot at the end where, you know, maybe, maybe Chucky has turned some zombies, but maybe at the end, Chucky's gotten some blood on him. And now these zombies get the smell and maybe that's how Chucky finally goes down. Not so much at Frank West's hands, but of the zombies he created. I got to go with Frank West. I love it. I mean, this makes a lot of sense. And, you know, this tracks 
fortunately slash unfortunately for Chucky, in that this is what he would do. He'd use that voodoo. He'd kind of get him under, you know, something would happen, and either that, just as you described, zombies come in and now attack him because he's got human blood, human scent on him. Who knows if that grocery cart is coming down from another part of the mall that he completely forgot about. That is totally in line and tracks for a Chucky demise. I can't be angry with that. I think that's actually very, very logical. I tried my best, but Ray, you did a great job with this. You got the win. Ray, tell the Legion of Vines how you feel right now. I think that I didn't even consider the idea, and I know Chucky's a voodoo guy. I didn't ever consider the idea that he would create undead and send them at his opponents. I don't know that that's a thing he's necessarily done a lot of, but it's something that's definitely in the plane of reality as far as his powers go. So I can't dispute it, honestly, but there's one guy that sending a horde of zombies after is not going to work against, and that man is Frank Jebediah West. I don't know that his middle name is Jebediah. I want it to be Jebediah. But Frank West, he's going to take out the zombies. I think the zombies could absolutely become a problem for Chucky. And let's face it, Frank is also a master at using zombies to his advantage as well. A lot of these psychopaths were defeated by getting pinned down in place and having zombies feast upon them. Kenneth, excellent decision. I'm not just saying that because I won, but I'm completely saying that because I won. Great decision. You saw it the right way. And this Shocktober is a draw. It's a tie. Two to two. I avoided some humiliation despite a little bit of a rocky start. Ah, uh, Ray, you know what? The one thing I've learned, the one thing I've learned in all our time and who would win is that you can never underestimate Ray's Tecanus. I should insert a joke, but I won't. I actually can never underestimate Race to Canis. Your debating style is now peaking. I think you're doing great with it, but next week's a new episode. Kenneth, you were fantastic. Great job. Please come back on the show. You're exactly who we want as a judge for the Who Would Win podcast. In the meantime, tell the Legion of Audience where they can find you. Great. Yeah, I would love to come back. This was a blast, guys. Uh, easiest way to find me is on the internet. Search or just type in kennethmead.com, K-E-N-N-E-T-H-M-E-A-D-E.com. You can also check me out on a fairly recent episode of the Don't Encourage Us show podcast. Uh, I talk a little bit about going to conventions and selling my book, and they have a great uh, premise-based show. They talk about big ideas behind stories, uh, fiction, video games, all sorts of stuff. Definitely worth checking out as well. Very cool. All right. We recommend that to the Legion of Audience, of course. Race to Canis. You got another win. Congratulations once more. Tell the Legion of Audience where they can find you. I'm starting to remember that I can actually do this. After the horror show that has been the last month and a half, I wouldn't say doubt started creeping in because that's not possible because I am the greatest of all time. I am the single greatest debater in a versus format that this continent, nay, world, nay, universe, nay, multiverse, has ever seen. You could put me with any character against any other character, and I will give you logical reasons uh, with a proof to back it up why I would win, why that character would win, and that's why I am a multi-time champion on the Who Would Win show. I have nothing more to add than that, because I'm great, and I'm tired of people pretending that I'm not. Get over it. You can find me on threads at Almighty Ray 316 because threads is the thing that is taking over. I hope you will join me there. It's pretty great. It's doing its thing. I'm not sure what that thing is, but it's doing it. 
All right, you can find me on Twitter. Giving slash- you an edit button for free, James. That's what it's doing. That's a good thing. Um, I'm hoping there's a bunch of people who will read my new edited post. You can find me on X slash Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gapsy. Remember to join the official Hulu and Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. On behalf of myself, Racy Canis, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, Give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say, Breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Hey gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash hoodwinshow right now. Okay, gotta prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins.